This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Ponco Chicken. Ponco Chicken, if you did not already know, is a unique spin on Japanese and Western cuisine. Uh, there are stores, if you're not familiar, um, all around the Atlanta area. Uh, there's one in Marietta now. There's one in Buckhead. There's one in Shambly. There's one in uh, Midtown. They're popping up everywhere because Ponco is awesome and uh, they're like family. So um, go check out Ponco if you have not already. It is the home of the award-winning Japanese American Chicken Tender. Just to brag on them a little bit more, they were Verizon Super Bowl Live top-selling vendor, three-peat Taste of Atlanta award winner, uh, Midtown Alliance best taste winner. Just they won all the awards because Ponco is great and Ponco is delicious. So if you are in the Atlanta area and are looking to try something new and good and delicious, go check out Ponco Chicken today and tell them that I sent you over. Uh, also, if you have not already, go check out chasemonspodcast.com. It's where all of my episodes to all of my podcasts are, all of my writing that I do, uh, more information on me and who I am um, and why you should be listening to this podcast and reading my work and all of that great stuff. Go do that. Go to Chase Thomas Podcast today. If you're an Apple podcast listener, go ahead and leave me five stars and a rating and a review. That's great. I need it. Um, it helps the show continue to grow and all of that good stuff. Um, you can listen on SoundCloud, Spotify, like I said, Apple, Google Play, everywhere where you can get your podcast. The Chase Thomas Podcast will be there. So go do that today. Um, all right. I think that's everything. We can get into today's episode. Uncle Darren, let's go. Chase Thomas Podcast. The Chase Thomas Podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right. Welcome back to a weird, weird time uh, on the podcast, uh, the Chase Thomas podcast. Uh, I'm still Chase Thomas, I think. Um, losing some identity in the last couple of days with sports going away, things to write about going away, things to podcast about going away. It's it's the new normal. It's scary. It's weird. I'm not adjusting well. I don't think most people are. Um, but Evan Sowards, friend of the pod, is here to, you know, try and get some normalcy back in our lives because of the amount of NFL news happening right now. Uh, at least we have content. So I guess I should be grateful that we have something to talk about sports related, even if it's not games to watch, at least we have actual content to sink our teeth into for the first time in a long time. Uh, so I, I, I guess from that standpoint, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, absolutely. What's going on, man? It's uh, who would have thought that NFL free agency would have come save the day when it comes to having no sports to talk about? Yeah. Um. How do you approach free agency? Do you do it like I do it because I don't really monitor stuff during the day. 
I don't like getting the, just being glued to the phone. And this is obviously different because we all have nothing to do now, but I like just reading all the pieces like later that night and then early that next morning and just doing it all in one fell swoop. I same with the draft. I don't understand how people can sit there and watch the draft from start to finish. Can't do it. I think it's the biggest waste of time on the planet. Um, I always think about Bill Burr's bit where he's just like, and the jets are up next. <laughs> um, but it's, uh, I don't know. It's, it's not my thing. H- how do you approach free agency and really the draft? Cause the draft is coming up soon. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's a little bit different, you know, like a lot of what I do is, uh, you know, interacting on Twitter with people and fans and things like that. And a lot of my, you know, stick or brand involves Twitter. Um, so I, I definitely have to stay involved throughout the day. I like to make sure that I'm, you know, having an opinion at least once, you know, once or twice about any in, different subject and at least sharing, you know, my view on things. Um, so everything for the most part is usually in real time. Uh, I'm pretty lucky to have a job that I can kind of fluidly do while checking Twitter. And, you know, now I'm at home and I'm able to kind of do my thing. So I I don't ever feel like I'm, you know, I'm definitely not losing out on anything by, you know, live tweeting it and things like that. And then with the draft, you know, it's a couple of days out of the year. I, uh, I take, I take vacation days to go uh, drink with my friends and be a, you know, big group of idiots. So I, I don't mind taking a day off to watch the draft, stuff like that. That's fair. That's fair. I just, a lot of it's just like people I don't know. And I, I hate the interviews. I think that's the biggest thing is I just, I can't with the time breakdown in between like the seven minutes and then the post pick interviews with the players, just all saying virtually the same thing. I just, I don't, I don't like it. And just like the, um, the free agency tracker where I want to see what teams are doing as a whole and like getting seven or eight deals done before I can really assess like, okay, what are they attacking the right needs? Are they attacking this from a smart, prudent uh, financial standpoint. A lot of that kind of stuff doesn't happen instantaneously. So you have to just sit there and do the tough thing, which is wait it out. Um, but I like, that's part of the reason I like having the pod is because we're, we're very different. Like I'm not a reaction person. I'm not a live tweeter. Um, I don't interact on Twitter all that much. Uh, we're very, very different in that regard, which is good. I think. A hundred percent. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just, once again, it's just different. Um, at the end of the day, we're all the same thing. We're just ingesting sports and entertainment the way we, we ingest it and appreciate it how we appreciate it, which right now is kind of like a, a rare commodity. Yeah, it is. It is rare. So, you know, well, let's just talk about the first the first thing on my list because I obviously am still kind of floored that Tom Brady actually left the Patriots. Um, he did it. Uh he did it to go to the Bucks. Um, there was a report that it was down to the Chargers, the Bucks, and somebody else. Who was the other team? I already forgot. Um, but from your perspective, early on, do you think Tom Brady made the right decision by signing with Tampa Bay and leaving New England? No. Okay. Of course not. Absolutely not. Tom Brady's 43 years old. He's got six Super Bowl rings. He's literally accomplished Every single thing a quarterback could ever hope to accomplish, he will be the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, you know, and then let me say this is my opinion as a fan because when I think about it as a fan, I'm like, what else is there except for you know a Kobe Bryant, uh, you know, re- world tour of retirement? 
Um, one last year to travel around to different football stadiums, say goodbye to the fans, things like that. And I think when you think about it like that, you go, why would you leave the team that's built everything around you that knows that, you know, the system that, you know, the, everything that you, you know, that you've never known anything other than new England. Like, why would you want to leave that? And for me, that's when I'm like, it just doesn't make sense. But then you have to think about it and not look at it as a fan and look at it as one of the greatest competitors of all time. And you go, he's accomplished everything in New England. He only has maybe one year left. What's the one thing he hasn't done? Prove that he can do it without Bill Belichick. Prove that he doesn't need New England, the, you know, the biggest dynasty of all time, to be successful, right? He only has one more opportunity to go to another team and go, I'm fucking Tom Brady. And it's me. Nobody else. It's me. I can do this at 43 years old in a team on the other side of the country, uh, you know, with a whole new team, blah, 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 blah. It's, you know, it's me, not them. And if you're one of the greatest competitors of all time, that's probably something that he thinks about a lot. Yeah, I think so. Um, it's just the risk. I, I guess I have to give him some props for taking a risk this big because if he had stayed in new England for the last two years, like they're going to keep winning the division. Like it's new England. Like I understand that their playmakers um, on the outside have been just are, are more anemic than they've ever been uh, during his time there. The offensive line coach, Sarmekia just finally retired questions there. The defense is what carried them last year. They're just not investing enough in the offense. And um, they tried the Antonio Brown stuff, which we'll get to in a second. But I, I think there was no doubt that his legacy would have been intact, even though they did lose in the playoffs and round one and all that kind of stuff. But like, they were still very close to getting a buy and all that. There was no chance that we look at Brady differently by Brady staying in new England. Now he opens himself up to this whole new narrative, which is he needed Belichick and that new England incubator to thrive. It won't be fair. A lot of it will be illogical, but his resume and his career was intact and how we looked at him was intact by running it out in new England. It's not intact now because if he looks bad and he looks like someone who just can't do it and he just looks perplexed and overwhelmed in Tampa Bay, um, people are just going to look at him differently because it's a recency bias thing or that's what we're going to remember is Tom Brady going out in a, just an embarrassing fashion. Maybe not even just embarrassing, but just subpar and not great. Cause it wasn't like he was laying the world on fire last year in new England. And the fact that Bill Belichick was willing to just let him go, it it scares me. Like, it depends on, do you bet on Tom more? Or do you bet on Bill Belichick more? The fact that they were just like, nope, we're finally good. And they were sniffing around Lamar Jackson and guys before him. And these are all just interesting things to throw into the, the cauldron and mix around and see what comes out. But, like, I don't know. It, it, Tom Brady is risking a lot by doing this. I think the weapons in Tampa make this interesting. If I'm Tom, I... I, I'm like you, I don't leave New England, I don't take the risk, but I guess I have to give him some props for, at this stage in his career, at 42 years old, to be like, screw it, I'm going to go out of my terms and prove, like, kind of cross that one last thing off my list, which is show that I can win without Belichick, but the problem is, he chose the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who have six career, uh, six uh, wins, playoff wins. Tom Brady has six Super Bowl rings, so they, he's tied with just his rings alone with the amount of times the Buccaneers have won a playoff game. 
This is not an, a stable organization with the Glazers that he is joining. Like this is this is a huge risk. Like out of I mean the Chargers would have been a risk too, but like I don't think nearly as much of a risk. Um I I love that roster, especially that that defense and we'll get to the Chargers later on, but I don't know. I I I err on the side of like I I don't think this goes well. I really don't. Well, so just because I hate Tom Brady, you know, sure, I don't think it goes well. But I think if you have to look at it logically, right, we already know one thing for certain. Cars, you know, Carson Palmer is, is, a, is a good example of can Bruce Arians take an aging quarterback that is in the decline and make, you know, a resurgence of his career, right? Arguably, Carson Palmer's best part of his entire career was his time in Arizona with Bruce Arians. That's something that you can absolutely point to and go, okay. And then you look at the talent. Is Ronald Jones talent? No, but he's a serviceable running back. They've they've shown that they can at least have a somewhat of a, a running game, and I'm sure they might address it this year again. Ronald Jones has looked better as of late. But then you go, okay, who does Tom Brady have to throw at, right? Mike Evans is a top five receiver. At times, he can be the best receiver in the entire NFL. Chris Godwin is one of the best receivers in the NFL as of late, especially last year. And then O.J. Howard is one of the best tight ends in the NFL. So when you go, who is he throwing to? he's probably going to have the best receiving core he's had since Randy Moss was in his prime. And even then probably better because, you know, you think about what, what was the age of Randy Moss when he came in and played in new England, right? Mike Evans is probably more talented right now than Randy Moss was right then. Who knows? But you have to, you know, you have to assume Tom Brady for whatever he's trying to accomplish. This is the best shot he's got at it there weren't many shots available i'm sure he would have loved to have gone to the san francisco 49ers with kyle shanahan i'm sure he would have loved to go to his home you know his old team where he got to watch the catch live uh, in stadium um to his you know favorite team growing up but jimmy garoppolo is there and they're, they're not gonna get rid of him for t- old tom brady for one year um so you know it's gonna be very interesting if we get to see this happen, um, even, you know, with uh, the coronavirus and everything, but I definitely think he's in a position to succeed. Maybe. Um, the best case is the Evans and Godwin, who I think a lot of people don't know about that are going to know about, like the dumbest shit I've seen on Twitter is the Scotty Miller stuff where it's like this guy, they're going to make this guy into the next Julian Edelman and all that kind of stuff. I remember talking to Trevor Sykema, um about this where it was just someone that we were going to look at and they're like oh everyone's going to latch onto this guy next cole beasley next next west welker and it's like no this dude's barely in the roster and he's actually not good um no godwin is actually the good slot guy that you want like he is he just is so good next to mike evans that a lot of people just don't know um and when deshaun jackson left i don't think he got the kind of spotlight he deserved especially on an underperforming bucks team but moss and welker along with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are one of only five wide receiver duos since 06 with an 85% uh, receiving grade or above um, from PFF since they started grading. Um, 
that is huge. And I wonder if those are the little things that Brady was thinking about, if his circle was thinking about where it's like he was looking around the league and he was looking at just different options of like, oh, you know what? I, it's kind of like the the Peyton thing where when Pey- the, the I don't think it's by any coincidence that two other wide receiver duos on this list was Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas. Um, that year with the Broncos offense set the world on fire with Peyton early on um, in that Denver run. I, I wonder if he looked at that and said, I got to go to an organization in an offensive skill position situation like Denver with Peyton, where as my skills continue to diminish, I need a bunch of explosive guys who can get open and do stuff. And with OJ Howard, with Evans, with Godwin, with all those guys, I think it may have been a lot more thoughtful than uh, we, we may have assumed, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, the Antonio Brown element, I think, is the other thing, too, where it's like it seems like if he does sign with um, the Bucks, and by all accounts, it seems like teams around the league thought that he was going to be a package deal with Tom Brady, but I, I don't know. It seems like he's trying to do everything he can to not be on the commissioner's list, but because I think he just got engaged to uh, one of his... he got engaged to is it the same one from the instagram video with the gummy bears i promise you i promise you i'm not paying attention to antonio brown at all but i think it's what it was but i think he's just doing everything he can to get back in good graces and to ensure that he's not on the commissioner's list for long and that he and brady can play together they're really close by all accounts i would love to know what they talk about i don't know how they're close and what it's all very strange but um He's going to get put on the exempt list immediately. And I I guess it's a possibility he doesn't. But just thinking about Evans, Godwin, and Brown with Brady is terrifying. Then you're like, oh, if he can just stand upright and this team can pass protect, because there are questions on that offensive line in Tampa, then like, okay, it can work. But it's also like, I don't know. The other thing I think about is the NFC. The NFC is so much better. As you know, being an Niner fan and seeing what the Cardinals have done, who we'll get to, the NFC is so much more difficult. Peyton chose another AFC team. He went to Denver from Indianapolis. He didn't go to the NFC. He didn't go to well, he, New York. He didn't want to. Right. He wanted to, st- he wanted to stay away from the NFC so that Eli could do his thing. Which is, I mean, it worked out that Eli played in the NFC, but also like that helped his legacy because Peyton, Brady, and Roethlisberger were the only three guys running the gambit in the AFC for over a decade. And I think he knew that going to the NFC is a different game. The NFC is just everybody's good, basically. Just about everybody. Everybody has like some kind of thing where you're like, oh, I can see it. There's no Bengals in the NFC. There's nobody at that level. Um, the Panthers, I guess, are coming close. But like, I think the Panthers will be springy with Bridgewater and friends. Like, I don't know. I think there's a real chance that he, he might even make the playoffs. But if he had signed with the Chargers, like they're making the playoffs. They... I mean, that that's happening. Or if he stays with uh, the Patriots, they win the division. Like, there is all kinds of uncertainty by going to the NFC, especially the NFC South with Drew Brees and company. Yeah, it's um, it's going to be a very weird... If we get this season, I think it's going to be so weird seeing Rivers in the Colts jersey, Brady in the Bucks jersey, just all of it. It's just going to be so weird. It is. Um I, I don't know. But I do love the Taysom Hill stuff, uh, that he got the first-round tender and that the Patriots already linked to him. W- what do you make of Taysom Hill starting quarterback in the NFL? Because that's kind of died down uh, with all the QB changes in the last few days. 
Uh, there's a less than zero chance that a less than a zero percent chance that anyone ever pays a first round pick for Taysom Hill. Um, and I think there's arguably the same likelihood that he ever starts at quarterback in the NFL. He's not a quarterback. He's absolutely not a quarterback. He's a gadget guy that he, he is exactly what the saints did with him. And he's good at that. If you have an offensive genius, like Peyton, you know, Sean Payton, um, but he's not a starting quarterback. He'll never be a starting quarterback. It's, absolutely hilarious that they even tried to put a first round tender on him yeah i um but if he if he finds a way if mickey loomis and uh john ireland and uh, or jeff ireland whichever one it is i always get it mixed up and uh sean payton are able to get a team desperate enough to pay that first round tender this offseason legendary raise the banners that deserves its own like super bowl yeah if they can pull that off but that's like saying you know it's like saying you know if seattle is able to trade a third round pick for nick bosa they'll be legendary like it's just not gonna happen i don't know anything's possible right now anything's possible the world's weird uh i would not roll out a team being dumb enough to give a first round pickup for Taysom hill and talk themselves into steve young 2.0 um i will say the people who are talking themselves into Jarrett stidham as someone who watched a lot of Jarrett stidham at auburn as the next guy because i think the betting odds have him as the favorite to start opening day in uh new england whenever that actually is the idea that the patriots or any nfl team is going to go back to back in drafting and developing two franchise superstars in the later rounds at the qb position is insane no that's not gonna happen that's jerson was not gonna be a star like they're not going for <laughs> If you even throw Jimmy Garoppolo into the mix, do you really think this organization is capable of doing it three times in a row? Three? No, that doesn't absolutely happen. Not. That's not how sports works. That's why most well, but it also picks fail. You, you have to remember that. You don't forget about Ryan Mallett. Don't forget about right. um, You know Matt Flynn and don't forget Matt um, Castle and like it's just they they. Tom Brady is a once in a lifetime thing. Jimmy Garoppolo is a great quarterback, but I don't think he's God tier level, right? Like I think you know him playing for Kyle Shanahan is the best thing that could have ever happened to him. Um, he's still a good quarterback. I, you know, I put him at like a top ten quarterback in the NFL, maybe top fifteen. Uh, but Jared Stidham is coming into a, a situation where fuck, man, who? Who's the what's you know who's guarding him? What's the offensive line look like? Who's he throwing to? Right, like Julian Edelman is like sixteen injuries in and like sixteen years in. Like that man is going to die soon if he stays on that field, right? I I just I think he needs to retire. Julian Edelman is it's he's you've had some fun times. You had a much better career than Wes Welker, and that's wild to think about. Um, it's. I, they have no one to throw to. They're still waiting to see if the re- wide receiver from um, Air, you know, Arizona State is going to end up being someone that they can rely on down down the way. Wouldn't but bet on that because guess re- what? Patriots, Chad Jackson, all those guys, they don't develop them at all. None of those guys work for them. Right. So that's what I'm saying. You have The only thing that you have is that they did have uh, otherworldly record-setting defense last year. Stephen Gilmore is coming back. 
they have you know traded some picks like Detroit and stuff. So it's going to be an interesting thing. Like they're going to have a good defense if Bill Belichick's the coach. I don't care if you have like sixteen garbage cans lining up outside. You know, as long as Bill Belichick's the coach, they're good. But I think they're going to have a nasty drop off. I think it's going to look exactly like what happened when the you know Peyton Manning's arm finally died in Denver. I think it's going to look like Miami from last year. Because I think Andy Dalton thing's going to happen. And I think this is an organization that is going to pivot hard. There's just too many holes on offense for them not to be bad. I think that defense... Like, we've seen this movie before. We saw it in Arizona two years ago. We saw this in Miami last year. Great. like Having pieces on defense is nice. But defense is hard to replicate year over year. And if your offense is going to be as bad, potentially, as this New England offense is going to be this fall... It's a recipe for disaster. And I wonder, <laughs> like, Sam Monson tweeted this out, I think, earlier, but, like, what if the Bel- like Belichick brain trust has just been planning for the last few weeks to just be like, this is why we're not doubling down on investing in wide receiver capital, tight end capital, offensive line capital, whatever, running back capital. We are going to accept the fact that Brady's gone, and then we are going to uh, be bad for a year and get Trevor Lawrence. Like that is what if they are 100% tanking this season that a lot of people just don't realize yet because if Jared Stidham is under center or Andy Dalton for 16 games or a mixture between the two, that's not a playoff team. That's a team that's going to lose a lot of football games and be really bad. Like that is a very bad team. And that offensive skill position situation there, it reminds me of the Dolphins last year and the, like it's, it's really bad. They're going to be awful. I mean, you have to ask yourself though, you got to remember, once again, Matt Castle won 10 games, right? A lot better skill talent. Mm-hmm. Remember that roster around I'm Matt just Castle saying, that year? I'm just saying Matt Castle won 10 games. I, you, maybe not 10 games. No, of course not. But think about how bad the Cardinals were when they drafted Kyler Murray. Think about how bad um, you know, Cincinnati Bengals were last year when, now that they're getting uh, Joe Burrow. Like, think about how bad you have to be to get the number one pick in the NFL, which is what Trevor Lawrence will most likely be, right? Is Bill Belichick going to lead a team that, that, that's that bad that had a, you know, a defense that's primarily coming back that will still be very good? I think they're going to be bad. I think there's no way they can get around being bad. I think they've accepted that they're going to be bad, and I think um, – this is just going to be unbelievable to see in our lifetime because like in our whole adult life, like we've never seen Bill Belichick coach, coach a bad team, but I think this, there's just not enough skill talent. Ben Jarvis Green Ellis is not walking through that door. <laughs> I've always wanted to say yeah. that this podcast. Um, yeah, I just, I would err on the side of like, this is going to be bad and I think they want to be bad and I think they're going to uh, do everything they can to get Trevor Lawrence next year. That is what my gut is telling yeah. me. I'm trying to think of who is going to get Trevor Lawrence next year. Like, who's going to be the really bad teams? And I, I don't know. I feel like, is it going to be the Jets? Um, Would they move on? From who's going to be the really... I don't know. Who's going to be the really bad team next year? Uh, the Bears are in the running. The Jaguars, the Jaguars, maybe. Panthers. Um, it's, Redskins. It's going to be interesting. Lions. I think that's about it. Uh, uh, 
I think that's that's the list. I think we might end up seeing a big quarterback injury being the cause of the worst team in the NFL next year because there's not a lot of bottom bottom tier teams right now. No. Um, and it's kind of crazy to think about just how many quarterbacks are injured this past year. Uh, we, we lost a lot of guys uh, to injury throughout the season. Even Patrick Mahomes, who won a Super Bowl, he missed some time. Um, speaking of Chicago, though, I um I really want to talk about the Chicago Bears and what they've done. Uh, they traded for Nick Foles. They gave up a draft pick, a fourth round pick, to get Nick Foles, who was on one of the worst contracts, um, in football, and that is um. That is where we're at. They have moved on effective immediately from the Mitch Trubisky experience. Uh, what what are you thinking here with Chicago? It's just like the Bears fans can't catch a fucking break. They really can't. They had so much hope with that last year of Fangio, and they had Khalil Mack, and the you know arguably at the time the best defense in the NFL, and. Even in spite of how bad Mitch Trubisky has been, literally from the jump, they were like, oh, God, but we have our defense. And then Fangio left, and the defense got worse, you know, because Fangio is such a good defensive coach. Uh, and Mitch Trubisky got worse. And this year was there, like, okay, you know, staring down the bottle, staring down the barrel, we got to do something. It's not Mitch. It can't be Mitch. And they fucking trade a fourth round pick for Nick Foles, who just got beat out by sixth round mustache wonder. I just, Nick Foles is not a starting quarterback in the NFL. What happened in Philadelphia was a one-time situation. It was a one-off. It was an anomaly. It was a... Uh, it was a snowflake. It just will never happen again. And and all they did is basically they go, okay, we have a Mick, we have a Mitch Trubisky. Let's give a fourth round pickup to get an older Mitch Trubisky, an ineffective tall white quarterback that can't really do what it takes to win football games. I'm upset. I'm personally offended by what Ryan Pace has done. I think. I didn't like the cam fit there, but I do think there were options, and I I don't think he was like giving up an asset. Their free agent quarterbacks better than Nick Foles right now. The fuck? Like, what are we doing? Like the whole like he has a relationship with Matt Nagy from Kansas City. What the fuck? That's not enough. Yeah, they have a relationship. He didn't like what? You can just sign Jameis Winston if you're going to go down this road of like the guy who J- Mr. Jekyll and Hyde. At least Jameis, like he's whatever like maybe maybe he's jay cutler for you nick Foles. the idea that he's getting this magic back like you spoke to in chicago after what he did in philly is just not realistic he lost every start he was in last year like garter Minshew was objectively better there is a much larger chance that nick Foles is extremely bad in chicago and that they have to go back to trubisky whose confidence now all gone in like week five just well i still don't think there's I still don't think we're far away from a Mitch Trubisky trade. He's on a rookie contract. It's a little high, but it's still a rookie contract. I think we might see Mitch Trubisky traded at the last second. And then you go, okay, well, they traded a fourth round pick to get a shitty starter, but it's a a shitty starter that they're con, you know, whatever. 
I, I just don't know what the Bears think they're doing, but I got to think in my heart that going into the season with Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles is what they're actually thinking. They better draft a quarterback. But I just I think it's a fireable offense to give up a fourth round pick for Nick Foles in 2020. It's a fireable offense. That was the worst it, quarterback contract in football, I think. It is. It's absolutely. It absolutely is. I think a GM hasn't done a lot in lately to like get fired the way that Trent Baalke got fired. It's been a long time since the GM has just been like outwardly bad. But I, you have to look at Ryan Pace and be like, dude, get the fuck out. Right. Like this is over. Um, and if I'm Ryan Pace. Like you have to still draft a quarterback because if you were betting on saving your job with Foles and Trubisky, you're out of your mind. Like this is make or break. You have to make the playoffs. You have to be good. And if you're banking on those two, you're. I, I would bet on you banking wrong. Like I would have signed Teddy Bridgewater. I thought that made the most sense to me. I thought just get the stability guy. Like he can save your job. Teddy Bridgewater is a job saver. Where you bring him in, he went undefeated with New Orleans last year. Like it's. I think he is someone who will not lose you football games. Nick Foles will lose you football games. Trubisky will throw left and lose you football games. I am very surprised that he did not go with the safe route. Like even Andy Dalton would have been safer than um, the alternative, but they're going to have to go quarterback. They're going to have to in the draft. I would have done everything in my power to bring Teddy Bridgewater to the bears. Yes. That I would have done every single thing possible. If they would have said, you know, there was reports that Teddy Bridgewater didn't want to have to compete with Mitch Trubisky. I would have put it in his contract. I would have put out a depth chart that immediately had right. Mitch Trubisky as QB three. Mm-hmm. Anything I needed to do to get Teddy Bridgewater to be the quarterback, you're giving Teddy the opportunity to play against the Vikings twice a year. Come on. Yeah, I mean, I think he's. I I don't know where you're at, but I would say Teddy Bridgewater is a better quarterback than Kirk Cousins. Especially at that price. Oh, I would definitely take Teddy over Kirk. I don't care what anybody says. Kirk, forever, you know, if you if you think to yourself, Michael Jordan has the clutch gene, right? Well, if, if there is such a thing exists as a clutch gene, then you have to say, just by the laws of physics, that there is a not clutch gene. And that is exactly what Kirk Cousins has. I will never, ever believe in Kirk Cousins. Same. Um... Winners and losers from free agency thus far for you. Who, let's start with the positives. Who are your winners? Ooh, Indianapolis Colts. Mm, you know, out of my list. I'm a big, I'm a big 49ers fan. Obviously, I just I don't think there's a more underrated player in the NFL than DeForest Buckner. Mm. He had, you know, he has no weak link. He is dominant constantly. Can you explain? They just me got the 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 kind of not confusion, but the the disagreements from fans and people about paying Armstead and Buckner and like having to choose between them and all that kind of stuff, like their value to the team and what Indy's getting and what San Francisco's getting by keeping their guy. Yeah, well, it's just a matter of they couldn't pay both, right? Armstead's like four to five million dollars a year cheaper. Um, couldn't pay both, right? So. Armstead's not getting you a 13 overall pick. Buckner was. We love Buckner. We wanted him on the team. I'm sure every single person in that organization was like, we need, you know, we want to keep him. But when you have 
Nick Bosa and you have George Kittle and you've already paid Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, you know, these are guys that need to be paid and they're going to need to be paid big down the road. You have to be smart. And they go, okay, our defensive line was great last year with the addition of D Ford and Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa will be the best player on this team for the next six years, at least maybe seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. He might end up playing with his brother uh, on the team. But you you go, okay, the defense is going to be fine without DeForest Buckner. He's obviously incredible, but luckily they have a huge group of people there that are very talented, and they can plug plug people in, and you're still going to have Nick Bosa destroying the, the league. You saw what he did as a rookie. There's That's what's there. So then they go, okay, we take a 13th overall pick. We now have the 31st overall pick. We have no picks in the second, third, or fourth round. Plenty of opportunity to trade black trade or plenty of opportunity to straight up go take number 30 13 and 31 find starting now players that are going to be on rookie contracts and make another super bowl run right now with the 13th overall pick you're looking at cd lamb you're looking at henry ruggs you're looking at jerry judy any one of those receivers with with kyle shanahan and debo samuel and george kittle and that running game are you kidding me? Usually you don't you don't want to take a receiver that early because you're worried about your defensive line. You're worried about your corners, your safeties. You're worried about your offensive line. Things that are all fairly good for the 49ers. All they've done this year is re-sign their own players. You know, they re-signed Ronald Blair to a one-year contract. They re-signed Jimmy Ward. They um, obviously re-signed Eric Armstead, right? These are Players, you know, Ben Ben uh, Ben Garland, who is, uh, you know, kind of a, a makeshift center, a backup center, backup offensive lineman. All these guys came from the team. They haven't signed anyone in free agency from another team yet. So you have this lockdown team that just got back from the Super Bowl and barely lost. Can you imagine what you can add to that team right now with that 13th pick and what that might do for them, knowing that your defensive line is still going to be great, still full of first-round picks? Yeah, but the Seahawks signed Greg Olson, so... Yeah, and they just... <laughs> the Seahawks also just, like, just... Oh, God. They, they just signed for, like, a fairly significant, you know, uh, contract... Uh, a ta- a s- offensive tackle from the Jets. Oh, and do the you Jets want paid an- George Fant. Jets are yeah, my list. Want- like biggest. Like what the fuck, Joe Douglas? What are you doing? Yeah, it's absolutely three million with a max value of thirty million on a three year deal. It's gonna. It's rough. So, I I, I definitely think the Forty ers are in a very good position, and they're going to be competing with the Cardinals next year and obviously the seahawks never go away that's what's frustrating is the seahawks aren't going to go away like they are we'll have to see what happens with the clowny stuff because it looks like that might get ugly um but it's hard to be excited about what they're doing this off i mean they do this every year they're always in financial hell and they never like really break the bank and free agency and stuff like that but and they're never like early on they get the bargain bin guys later but i uh i don't know i think they just they need a lot more defensive line help if they're going to get back i don't think bruce Irvin is going to be enough to uh uh do this and dude i kid you not as we're recording there is an ice cream truck driving down my street loud and just hanging out this is the creepiest thing i've ever seen 
That is wild. I don't think I've ever seen one I, it, that just completely threw me off. That was that was wild. I don't know if you heard the sound, but okay, that's weird. And we're gonna leave all that in the podcast. But um, are you are you at all surprised the Niners aren't signing anyone outside? Like they re-signed Jimmy Ward. Um, like you said, they re-signed Garland. They have Armstead. They're gonna address wide receiver in the draft. Um, do you think they've done enough? with the offensive line and the cornerback spot, or do they need to actually look at other teams for that? Well, I don't think they're done yet. So I think there's a lot, there's a lot more left. They always are, you know, they always add people late in uh, free agency. And I think that's still to come. And then I, you know, once again, I think the 13th and 31 overall pick is going to lead to a lot of exciting stuff. I do think they weren't, you know, they had a very complete team last year. They had probably the most complete team in the NFL. And DJ Jones, who got injured last year, played very well at that nose tackle position and obviously can come in, uh, you know, when you're in the 4-3 and and kind of replace Buckner a little bit. They also have Julian Taylor, uh, who went on IR last year. If you if you remember the workout warrior, Contavious Street, right? Mm-hmm. Contavious who squatted like 500 pounds, things like that. He was a red shirt draft pick. Last year was his first year to play, and he went on IR. So he's had some injury concerns too. But we have a lot of depth if they're all coming back healthy. So I do think, once again, that they're going to – the people that they do add are going to be for premium situations, right? They're going to—they're probably going to add one more starter in free agency maybe or at least someone to compete with like – you're looking at right guard or left guard, uh, centers locked in, right tackle and left tackle are locked in, maybe corner. Hmm. But then again, we also, you well, know, what's going to happen with Jason Verrett? Can I uh, can I interest you in a Desmond Trufant? I would love to see it. Would you? Kyle Shanahan. Oh, God. I would. Do you know how frustrating he wouldn't it is to be watch starting him drop interceptions? Like, until you've seen the, the Stonehands. On your team, I, I don't. Hey, I don't know what you're. A dropped interception for. isn't an incomplete pass. <laughs> That's true. Um, I don't know. I, I think Trufant. Uh, uh, I'm not. I'm not going to miss that. And plus, I believe Ray Wilson. So who cares? Um, some of my winners right now, early on, as things are still progressing, I think the Ravens are obvious winners to me. Um franchising judon was a smart thing uh i like the fact that they got a second for aiden hurst um i like that the clayus campbell trade just cost a fifth round pick that's pretty wild and they gave him a two-year 27 million dollar deal and then the michael brockers signing like they're just loading up in the defensive line edge rusher stuff like that um they don't need playmakers outside they don't need playmakers in the backfield they have their quarterback they have the corners they have the safeties they have depth everywhere and they've just done the smart thing i I love what the ravens have done and i've also loved what uh the chargers have done like the chargers are the all-time like if they're healthy and they had a quarterback team like i I don't know how they don't win the afc that's you know what i'm more excited than anything in the world what me oregon duck Mm. guy oregon duck fan former resident of Eugene, Oregon, getting to watch Justin Herbert in the city I currently live in with a stadium that's 15 minutes away from me. Can I push back on that for a second? Sure. Everything we've heard coming out of Anthony Lynn's camp and like what they're trying to do, 
is a mobile quarterback. The reason they want to start Tyrod Taylor is because he can move around in the pocket. Justin Herbert's a brick wall. Like he's not athletic. He doesn't make Justin Herbert. I'll take Justin Herbert over Tyrod Taylor and his legs any day sure, of the sure. week. I'm not saying that there's less upside. It doesn't matter. Tyrod. I'm saying that like he doesn't make sense for what the Chargers are trying to be. Like I think it, what's more likely the, is either Tua who can move around a lot more or Jordan Love. That would be my bet. Is I think that they're more likely to trade down or take Jordan Love later on in the first or second than uh, than take Herbert. I don't understand the Herbert stuff. That seems like an ownership thing, not a coaching staff thing. I mean, you, at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, who's going to be available when the Chargers pick? Right? And who's who's the best player available? Yeah. I don't I know. Can, I will bet any amount of money for the rest of my life that Justin Herbert will have a better career than Jordan Love. I have no That's no no worry on that at all, right? So you have to look the Chargers go at 6. So the Bengals will take Joe Burrow, right? Now you have the Lions and the Dolphins to take Tua. Right? Mm-hmm. So then you have the Chargers so unless someone goes Jordan Love just to be crazy, I think Justin Justin Herbert is absolutely going to go there. I mean, Justin Herbert is not going to last very long. You've got the Panthers, the Jaguars, the, you know, even the Raiders kind of need a quarterback. I don't think – Herbert to me feels – if I had to bet where he winds up, if I had to bet, it's the Lions at three. I don't buy the Jeff Okuda stuff and go in corner at number three. That's insane. Don't go. Yeah, I that think early. that's crazy too. But then again, you have to think: When's the last time the the Lions have had a good corner? Darius Slay. They have him right now. No respect. I, for I guess Bly I would more. Today. I guess I would say Dre Bly, Forty Nine ers legend. Um, Chris Houston. You know, I mean, <laughs> the Lions needs a lot, and I don't think Matthew Stafford is a bad quarterback. So I, I could definitely see them wanting Darius Slay to have another top, you know, top tier corner. God, I literally forgot that Darius Slay <laughs> plays for the fucking Lions. That's how sad the Lions have well, been. Well, not much the longer. Last. They want to trade him. And that's like part of what right. people are saying is like they're going to draft his replacement. It's like, what if you just had them both? Why do you need to trade Darius Slay? Your defense sucked last no one, year. No team ever does that. No team ever wants to have two corners that are, you know, top tier right like whatever reason who cares about the patriots doing with jc jackson stefan gilmore no what you want is the eagles where they're down to nobody like that's what you want you want a team of no corners i don't understand this yeah absolutely. why do teams do this why are teams dumb they overthink it it's just like the galaxy brain stuff um there's just too many too many cooks in the kitchen right when you're at that point there's like a million guys who think they're the fucking guy trying to influence the guy that actually is the fucking guy God, I don't know. That's, that feels like a quote out of the Irishman. Um, losers for me. The Lions, the Titans, the Jets, the Bears, and the Jacks. Is that fair? Do you disagree with any of those? No, I think that's fair. Who of that group do you agree with the most? Of the offseason? Yeah. Name them all over again. Lions, Titans, Jets, Bears, and Jags. 
I think the Titans. Mm. I think I think the Titans. I'm excited for the Titans. Um, but you agree that I they've had the worst offseason, or you agree like is part of the best because this was my losers. No, no, no. I understand that. So I I think I like the, what the Titans did last year. Mm. Okay. Um, I I really do, and I don't know that. <sighs> did you know they signed Vic Beasley? Yeah. Did you know you they know, franchised the running back? Did you know they paid Ryan Tannehill $118 million? So that's my thing. And I was like, the, you you had a good season last year when no one thought you should. And I thought you could have approached free agency a little bit better than that. But hey, you know, franchising Derrick Henry, I've got no fucking problem with that. Anybody that thinks running backs can't help you win games or that they they don't matter or whatever, this is ridiculous. Derrick Henry was the most useful running back in the NFL last year for his team. No team needed their running back more than the Titans needed Derrick Henry. Hmm. Maybe. I just, the, the whole paying running back stuff and like building your identity around a running back, like I just don't think that is going to be fruitful. Just, back back here. just keep, what, keep watching the last season. The NFL Game Pass is free right now. You can keep watching the Titans games over and I'd over and not. over. <laughs> it's, but I mean, if you if you're confused about whether or not it's a thing, watch the Titans. No, I, game I don't flash. think it's a thing year over year. Like I think they're double. They're like they're investing way too much in a blip. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Like I would not pay Ryan Tannehill a bunch of money. I would not pay Derrick Henry a bunch of money. I would not pay Vic Beasley any money. There is, I I just I like their skill position guys. I like a lot of their talent. Like the Jarrell Casey trade was dumb. Don't know why they did that for what was it like a fifth. Uh, yeah, well, it was a seventh round pick, but the, seventh, the yeah. whole point of it is that they they went they they rose like seven spots, went from like the seventeenth most cap space to the tenth most cap space they when they got rid Clowney? of Casey. Is that like what they're aiming for? No, I mean, but the, you you got to get rid of cap space. It basically was a dump off. I don't I don't uh, like it. I don't like what they're doing. John Robinson's done some smart stuff, but I, I don't like what the Titans have done. I think. Just, I don't know. And the Lions are operating like they have no holes. Like, I don't understand why Detroit's not more uh, proactive in getting things right. Because a lot of jobs are on the line, I think, this year in Detroit. And they uh, they just, remember this Patriot? Like, we've seen this movie before. Like, Jamie Collins is now there in a three-year, $30 million deal. They traded for Teron Harmon, um, Danny Sheldon, two-year, $8 million deal paid chase daniel sure like i just i don't know you you might do a little bit more if you're detroit and uh they're just they're not really doing much yeah i mean detroit is just such a sad situation that's a team that's a city that needs a good football team right and they just can't they just can't fucking get it like if the saints got a super bowl after hurricane katrina like do you think that maybe the lions could have Get a bone, like at least just be a playoff team. I, I would like to. Good friend of mine, Lions fan. No, I, I think they're. If I had to lock in early, just what are we mid March? Who is going to suck this year? Whatever the over under is, just pound the under. It's uh, the Detroit Lions. Absolutely. Um. All right, man. Well, we covered a lot of ground today. And it felt good, uh, you know, to actually podcast and be normal for an hour. Yeah, I mean, we might not have much more content to talk about in the next couple weeks, months, 
all the above. So going to be interesting. It It is. Um, and then 30 seconds on, we, we have to talk about DeAndre Hopkins real quick. I just realized we went through this whole thing and didn't talk Hopkins and that ridiculous trade for Bill O'Brien. Uh, everything about Bill O'Brien that keeps coming out, not great. Uh, should not be the GM. Uh, can't believe uh, Cal McNair made him the the GM. They just didn't hire anybody once they couldn't get the, the Pats guy, um, Casario. This is unbelievable. Cardinals and Kyler and Hopkins and Fitz and Christian Kirk and everybody else is going to be awesome. And dear God, Houston, what are you doing? Did I sum everything yeah. up there? Yeah, I think that's about fair. <laughs> it's going to go down as possibly the worst trade ever. Like I said, Stefan Diggs went for what Hopkins should have gone for. Just bad. Yeah, I don't know. The NFL's weird. A lot of bad teams still. Some things never change. Bill O'Brien, still bad at his job. All right, Evan Sowards. Well, hopefully we have more content and more stuff to talk about in the coming days, but we shall see. Stay safe, sir, and uh, I will hopefully talk to you soon. Absolutely, bud. Stay safe out there. You are literally living in the home of the walking dead, so let's not have it happen again. Well, thanks for that. (laughs) All right, that'll do it for today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. Thank you uh, to the wonderful guests for coming on today's show. Thank you uh, to my wonderful listeners for listening to today's episode. Uh, I greatly appreciate it. Um, If you like today's episode, leave a five-star rating and a review on Apple. It would be great. Um, It helps the show continue to grow, and I would very much appreciate it. Uh, You can also support the show on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash Chase Thomas Writer. For as little as $5 a month, it helps the show keep the lights on. So that would be a great help to me as well. Uh, You can also follow me on Twitter at Chase underscore Thomas. You could go to ChaseThomasPodcast.com, which has all of my stuff, all my episodes ever, um, links to everything that you need um, and all of my writing that uh, I'm doing fairly often these days um, on the NFL, on NBA, on college football, on pro wrestling. I write about everything. I write a lot. Um, so go read me on that front. So if you're not tired of listening to me, you can also read me. Um, so that's awesome. But uh, I think that's enough self-promotion from me for one episode. Uh, I hope you continue listening. That would be great. And uh, I will talk to you all again very soon. Thanks, guys. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.